Hello everyone, welcome to the Weeb Initiative, I'm your host, The Weeb. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about and making the introduction of the Isekai genre. And to do that I will be reviewing one of the most, let's say, esoteric entries on the genre, Yojo Senki or the saga of Tanya the Evil. So before I even start, let's... Let's start with the disclaimers. Um, the first one, this is pretty simple, actually. Spoiler alert, as always. But also, this is one kind of a disclaimer for myself. In terms of introduction to a genre, I think Yojo Senki is not really, really the, let's say, the best example that represents most of the genre in general, let's say. It is pretty let's say, advanced entry in the genre, but in terms of my personal um, tastes and the fact that I kind of have grown into having an aversion to Isekai, this is the one that I chose to review because it is actually pretty good. I think it it's a really, really good entry and in some cases I can actually stretch it in a way to demonstrate why this is an isekai that fits in the, um, let's say, the general model that it has come to be the, um, let's say, the, the standard isekai anime nowadays. That being said, this is a basically the disclaimers I will talk more about it when we I get to the um, to my opinion, but. Easy to say that Isekai is something that permeates so much of the anime and manga environment nowadays that it's pretty much just oversaturated without measuring too much things, but it is oversaturated. Everything nowadays, every season we have at the very least one, two or even three Isekais with different flavors and most of them are really, really either forgettable or really really bad. That being said, Yojo Senki is one that I think will stand the test of time and really is really good. So before I even start rambling anymore, let's get to the stats just to, for the start. So Yojo Senki was originally a um, light novel, more or less a novel really, published in the site Arcadia from 2010 to 2017, written by Carlos Zen, the light novel that was then the adaptation, published by In- Interbrain from October 2013. According to the Wikipedia article, it's still being published, but from what I can gather, the, origin- the novel actually ended already. It has 12 volumes and so... Let's just assume that the novel already ended serialization for the sake of this review. There's also the adaptation to a manga and then the animation, the anime series made by... And this is one studio that I don't actually got to see much of their work. It seems like they started 
their business and just just the first thing they done is Yoshio Senki. The studio is called Nut. The original run of the anime was from January 2017 to March 2017. It has 12 episodes. And then in 2019, from if I'm not mistaken, the there was a movie that it is the direct sequel to the anime and then there is also the second season of the anime that is announced to be being worked on but at this point in 2023 from what i could find there's no actual date for it to come out so i hope it's towards the end of the year but at the same time if it is on 2024 i would not be surprised the thing is and i should have said this on the disclaimers also but i'll be talking about the anime and for the first time in this in this whole show the movie because the movie is actually canon and let's just say that the um, re-watching the anime made such a big impression on me i mean after watching it the first time i didn't actually get the the story after watching it the second time now that i understand more or less what's happening I felt compelled to, to watch the movie because the movie is basically necessary to me to watch the second season anyways. So yeah, that's basically it. The movie has one hour for 40 minutes and it, did, it didn't actually feel much like a movie. The Like a standalone movie, I'd say. It felt more like an um, extended episode, if that makes sense. I mean... If you watch it, you get what I'm saying. But the thing that happens is just one battle, though it is, a, let's say, a whole arc that the anime would show in maybe more than three episodes. I I know that one one hour thirty is basically three episodes, but let's say for the sake of this review that the movie covers a bit more than three episodes worth of content. That's basically it for the setup of the anime and the movie moving on let's talk about the story and why this is an isekai so before i even start let's start with what is isekai isekai in japanese is another word world so basically i mean for the if someone actually ever watched anime at this point i would think that it does not need an actual explanation but just to me to explain it isekai is basically when a person from our world of earth um, basically reincarnates in or is transported into another world for the most part the isekai genre has um let's say a gathered a few tropes that happen every time and so uh, basically i will be talking about how um, the tropes and Yojo Senki kind of meet together. So, the for the most part, Isekai anime starts with the main character that is not often, not exceptional. Generally, they are just normal people. They die and eventually get resurrected into this fantasy world. For the most part, they, they are actually fantasy worlds. that They're not really isekais that go into too many let's say normal words much like ours but most of them are, are fantasy words with monsters and 
fantasy creatures, magic, and whatever. In this instance, Yojosenki is one of the, let's say, more different ones, whereas our main protagonist, and I'm not talking about the, um, in order of the episodes of the story, I will talk briefly, but basically the story starts with, the first episode actually, it starts with we just seeing pretty, pretty quick, pretty brief, let's say, uh, overview of the whole thing. The first episode is just a huge trench battle between two armies, and the one thing that stands out, our main protagonist is Tanya, and I will not get this right because for the, I don't know, second or third week in a row, names in German, I don't know German, Tanya the good Chaffee. Oh my god, I, I just butchered that. Anyways, anyways, she's our protagonist, and for what's worth, right, she's a kid in the middle of a huge war, and at ever, from what we can see, she's a child soldier employed by the army, apparently legally, and she's the major, she, so, I do not know how military chains of command work in actuality, and given the, the way the anime works, she gets a lot of promotions, skipping a few levels, so for, for the sake of this review, I'm not really mention her rank, but let's just say she, she's the chief of the battalion, the division she's on, and from the, the first episode is basically this really briefing overview of the whole the whole world setting so apparently we are into um world much like ours but they are still fighting the first world war so the first world war is basically beginning when we begin the anime and for one difference that there is the there's magic in the world and some technology that can convert this magic into basically flying energy. So there are troops that are mages and they can fly around the battlefield as single, as in, basically like flying infantry. And they can also, let's say, engage into buffing their weapons in, in order to play improve their attack, so you can turn a uh, normal bullet into exploding bullets, anti-tanky shells, anti-air kind of shots and whatever, and basically that's the first episode we get to see this whole thing. The second episode is the one that actually starts the anime in itself, the whole story, because it's, it's called Prologue, and really explains how Tanya has reached um, her f current situation. So I don't actually remember if they even tell the name of the the person originally, but it, it is a ops of of work a man worker a man our main protagonist and he first off he's a cynical asshole and just really a terrible person really. Be that being said, he is um, up there in the chain of command of a um, major firm. We don't actually get to see what the firm is about, what they work on and whatever. But the one thing that starts the whole chain of events is when he pretty coldly fires a guy. So he fires one guy and the guy 
is actually really emotional because the the firing apparently was out of nowhere and the way that he is fired is also pretty cold if you think about it and basically the guy is fired and sometime later like the same day our main protagonist is shoved into the front of the of a moving train by this guy that he fired and at that moment our main protagonist in his cynical outlook of life he basically he reaches this conclusion that the whole let's say the the whole humanity is wrong at the point that rationally there's no there's no actually rational reason for him to die and does um Basically, he doesn't understand emotion, let's say. Doesn't understand how people can be moved by emotion and do stupid stuff. Moved by emotions and influenced by emotions. Basically, that's it. That being said, when he he reaches this outlook, time stops. And um, let's say an entity starts talking to him through the people that are around him. This entity is claimed to be God he himself claims to be god and our cynical protagonist obviously doesn't doesn't believe in god so although he he can clearly see that his situation is unprecedented by logical terms he refuses to believe in a in a greater power outside of science and here i have to give a little note i will not be talking about religion in this review the thing about the anime is it comes down to a question of both faith and understanding the human nature of being moved by by emotions most of the time i'll get to that but basically that's uh, the thing is i will not question religion or whatever here no getting back to it so this entity comes to to the guy and basically says due to the fact that you do not believe in god or believing me for that matter, uh, you will die now and not be reincarnated. So they start debating this whether or not he should be reincarnated. And so, and at some point, he comes up with, "If I went into such a dire, the only case that I would believe in a greater power is, is if I came into such a dire situation that I would need to have hope, have faith." into a, a bigger power and so it comes out to basically to get up get this a bit shorter basically god or in this case what the protagonists call bnx or sansai x does is that he basically kills the guy but he's reincarnated into this world that is beginning the war and the basically as a bet that if you can't die of natural causes or beginning have begin to have faith, you will not be reincarnated. So this be- basically becomes a competition of whether the protagonist can survive in this dire world that he's thrown in, dying of natural causes, basically not being killed or creating faith, which is let's say the the lost state at this point. Or they will lose the right to be reincarnated as another person. That being said, um, this is the first thing that the Isekai Jenner shows up. The um, protagonist dies in the f- in our normal world and is reincarnated in another world 
with magic, let's say. All things considered, it has magic, although it's pretty a pretty normal with, with no monsters, no fantasy creatures, and no fantasy, let's say, no fantasy tropes, no sword fighting or whatever. And the the one thing that happens in all this, I, I think most of so some have the the um, let's say amnesia as a, a point of, of plot point, but in most of them, the the one that he is reincarnated in the other world, they have the memories from the previous one. So, for instance, in Yojo Senki, our protagonist is reborn as Tanya, and for the sake of the review, I will be calling her that, because uh, the sex change doesn't actually matter, because the 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 question about the, the character is that whether you see him as a man inside the butterfly or whatever, the the outlook in life and their attitudes towards stuff is what matters because it is really unique, let's say. But back to what I was saying. At this point, uh, Tanya is reborn, reborn, re- actually reborn, like f- as a child, uh, as a baby and whatever, but um, she already has the notions of the previous life so basically she's a baby but she has the mind of a now adult we just see a quick montage of how she was abandoned by her mother we don't actually see her mother but she's abandoned at uh, an orphanage she lives in the orphanage for some time and at some point the military of this world she basically is reborn into germany before the first war in I know, I know what this might, uh, let's say, lead to thinking if you never watched the the anime. But uh, clearly, they would not show what, uh, let's say, what might might be against TOS. And for the sake of this review, I will remind you: the First World War didn't have the presence of, you know, what against the TOS, because um, the I think the party was consolidated in 1931, like a few 10 years after the the First World War, World War ended. Anyways, the, the thing is, the, the, the calendar in the, this new world is not comparable to the calendar in our First World War. The concepts are similar, but the, the dates and the things that happen, they do not really share much stuff at all. The thing is, right, so from what we can gather um, until like the year 2090, the world history is the same from our world. So they still have records from Rome and Greece and ancient Rome, ancient Greece and the whole, let's say, pre-modern history, same as ours, but their modern history is a bit different. That being said, she is born into pre-First World War Germany, and from a fairly early age, she uh, demonstrates uh, aptitude in magic, and so she and she sees the the opportunity to. Oh, if I get a military career, I might find an easy life. And so she enlists herself as a nine-year-old. And showing aptitude and a whole lot of stuff, she 
begins to climb a whole lot of ranks really fast, but her methods, as in the other life, she is extremely rational, extremely cold, uh, calculist, uh, selfish, also, and really self-centered. She begins to show off her what they deem as cruelty in the military, and so one of the first things that happen that is told by one of the one of the support characters, one of the let's say the one of her bosses, one of the lieutenant colonels of the operations division, is that she basically bangs up a, a cadet really hard to to the point that she breaks a she even breaks a wall and makes a whole scene in in the training facility. But but the thing is right, she she already. We start climb, climbing up the ranks, and also she's um, known for her, let's say, extreme methods. And this is a recurring thing that we see towards forward in the anime that her methods are really, really nuts and inhumane and whatever. But this comes back to the fact that the the person in the in the first life was that way, but in a in a corporate environment, so we don't actually get to see it. What uh, what he was when he was uh, in this first world, but as Tanya, we see he being a drill sergeant, let's say. And from this point on, from the second episode on, we get to see her her story as it goes. So when she when she goes to Let's say when she reaches the point where she's the second lieutenant, one of the she's in the middle of, of the let's say the final training course of her her cadet life. She is doing some drills, and at some point there is this emergency that appears, a sudden invasion of one of the various other nations that she ends up fighting appears in, in the territory, and so she has to fight it. But they are basically anti-mage ops. So basically, the the ones that are designated to hunt uh, what she is. Basically, uh, she's a mage at this point, so she's a let's say flying infantry. And, and this is a thing that I have to give props to the studio. Although the, the animation is not really really good when you think about it, the animation of the fights is actually pretty well done because most of the fights that we get to see are mage-on-mage fights. So there are these people on, let's say, one-person suits, right? So basically flying suits and flying around with bolt-action rifles, shooting at each other, and, and they are pretty good fights. And at this this first this first junction in the second episode, we get to see the, her first um, encounter with anti-mage ops, which are mages that basically are mage hunters and she fights them off and really gets banged up she even explodes the the equipment she has on her she ends up surviving because she the the thing is right one of uh, she has a plan that if i fake if i look like i fight it a lot and bang myself up in a way to not die if i survive they will most likely put me into the 
rear echelon of the, um, the army. The, um, let's say away from the front lines. Because the front lines are where the real fighting is. She doesn't want that because she has a, a competition to basically with God. And she tries to do that but she ends up getting a medal and being de designated into one of the one of the worst theaters that the country is currently in that is the i think the west i think the west theater and so she is promoted into second lieutenant at this point she gets a medal of honor of silver wings i think because she um flown a lot and fight a lot of, of enemies that basically decimated a whole company while being alone which is huge and at this point we begin to see her series of fights so she go to goes to the, this theater we get to see the the first let's say the first companion that she gets and, and this is a thing, right? This this is a more of a Cyrillic surname, but um, whatever, I guess. Victoria Ivanova Visha Serebriakov. I don't know why this is Cyrillic, and there is this huge. There is a let's say a gap in national names because Tanya's surname is clearly German. Let's say. Victoria's name is clearly Cyrillic, something like Russian or Poland and whatever, which is for for the sake of the this review really strange because she's the only one in the what will become Tanya's unit with a surname outside of Germany. But anyways, that that's just a detail I wanted to talk about. This is the first um, companion that Tanya gets actually, and. She's a, a normal girl, actually a really uh, hard-working one at that. We later get to see that she becomes like basically the right arm of Tanya in helping her with administrative things and whatever. And bo both of them fight in this theater and more or less survive until a point that I think one of the uh, one of the captains in the in the front lines basically recommend them both to the officer academy so basically tanya gets six months off to actually go to college to military college and live a happy life for six months we get to see that she starts networking with a lot of people and not only that but she actually gets the attention of uh, people really high up in the strategic HQ, so generals at this point. So she begins really uh, treading water with people way, way up her rank. And from this point on, the the story basically really starts. From this point on, Tanya basically completes the um, six-month course into the officer academy. She becomes major in the army and is basically let's say gifted her own unit the one of the the major points is that one of the generals from the strategic hq calls her up to basically to talk to her as someone who survived 
the Rini front, one of the, the, the front she was on, and as one of the receivers of the Silver Wings medal that she, she earned when she took out um, the unit that attacked when she basically exited the training course, they talked to her and her as someone who lived in our world she recalls that the first world war actually didn't begin as a world war it eventually began as a world war when germany for that matter actually started let's say trying to expand her territory and showing let's say really good sense of foresight and insight of the battles and whatever she explains the this idea of a world war to someone who had not yet known that the the we can see that the this notion that we have about the world wars and whatever is something that this world she gets herself into is really a new concept and in doing that the strategic hq with this plan of trying to win the war and make a let's say a mobile unit to stringing forces in multiple fronts and whatever they basically grab her as the commander for this unit and basically gives her permission to recruit people and whatever and this is the first point where we see the this trend that happens that the more she tries to live a peaceful life and be uh, and be chosen to go into the rear away from the front lines the more she tries to resist it the more the the army the circumstances push her forward into the front lines again and again so when she gets like two months to find 48 people she tries the most of it to delay it to try to buy time and live a, a peaceful life and every step of the way that she tries to resist being put into the front lines they put her in the front lines again and again and the the character really starts to unravel at this point because the, it, it, she becomes really pissed and it's really funny because this is the, the inside joke that we have with the main character right now this this notion that she doesn't want she doesn't want responsibility she doesn't want to fight she just wants to live her, her life and win the bet the easiest way possible but again and again life life tries to mess up with her later on we get to see that uh, the being x uh, it starts to actually interfere with it but this let's just get to the thing so a bit before she gets this thing where a bit before she gets into getting her own unit the um, they give her the um, the post of helping with development of new technologies uh, let's say the development of new technologies for this thing is not precisely that but for the sake of this explanation whatever and so we get to meet this uh, one of the the main doctors, one of the main inventors for the military at this point, and he's a um, he's a real real strange one. It, it's pretty funny the way he, she interacts with him, and 
this is the first instance that we see the the interference of uh, the bean next with Tanya's life because at this point we get to see the f the second thing that isekai anime have for the main characters is that always when the not really really always but most of the time when the main character is reincarnated into the the second world they force sometimes they there is no apparent reason sometimes there is uh, they gain a power outside of the normal in the world so they basically be, uh, gain hacks from the whatever entity that brought them into the new world and for you just think he it is a blessing but it's also a curse because again the protagonist does not believe in god but um in one of the tests of uh, new flying flying equipment tanya basically nearly dies because the the thing is exploding and whatever and since i actually stopped one of the one of the explosions it, it basically says i have blessed your equipment the thing is every time you use it you have to you have to pray for me because otherwise it will kill you <laughs> and every time you use magic while you're using this you also have to pray that's basically it so every time she wants to use her powers to buff her, her weapons in battle and fly she has to pray which puts her in this difficult position where she does not believe in, in faith and whatever but the prayer itself already carries faith in the fact that God has power and with that she be she becomes um, basically more of an ace than she already was because uh, the basically the equipment is revolutionary and actually uh, surpasses the normal the standard issue equipment they have but at the same time she has this this personal conflict whenever she has to fight that she has to pray for this this entity that she does not believe in and from this point on basically she gets her own unit we get to actually meet the unit at the beginning we the the characters are not really well well plates well differentiated but from most the multiple exposures we have to them we eventually get to meet meet um most of them we get only to actually meet the lieutenant directly under tanya so the so she has basically i'll mess this up but she has a whole company under her and so these are the lieutenants that are the commanders of the, each platoon each of the i don't know if you call it a platoon or a comp i i think she has a division and then they are devising companies i, I don't actually know sorry but the the thing is we get to just meet the the ones directly under her there are i think um six uh, five or six people we get to see that uh victoria comes back as one of them and then there's fives there's grants there's uh, a whole lot of people and we see the multiple battles they get themselves in so for instance the first battle we get we see them enter is one against an army that is uh, really 
not well prepared for the First World War, and we we clearly see this um, this disparity because it, it's something that is reported if you go research a bit of the First World War is that um, some countries didn't have this notion not only of the air superior the importance of air superiority and a whole lot of them didn't have uh, let's say basically encryption their messages they didn't have the notion of uh, different channel uh, radio channels and whatever and this is well portrayed in this first battle where they fight the dukedom of dacia i think it, the, the name is basically it's i think it's the equivalent of austria whereas the they basically they Tanya even jokes about it that it, it is this really this live practice uh, target practice because the guys don't have actually um, anti-air guns they don't actually encrypt their messages and so basically it's it's really just a walk in the park for them and they basically just dominate it so much that they go into the capital destroy their their small arms small arms factories and just go go back home like scot-free at this point this is the first battle obviously but eventually we get to see them fight what would be france which is um towards the later part of the season towards actually the already from let's say the middle to the end because the the last arc more or less is when they actually break the eastern front with a whole lot of technology and whatever but at this point i'm just glossing over the details because um, there are no actual actual uh, happenings until the very end of the season the but basically what happens is that there's this introduction of this one major i, I think it's a major i think and so Sus, I think is the name. The the guy basically he has a let's say a bit of a backstory. He has to send his daughter and his wife to let's say uh, America because the at this point the his country is being invaded by the by Tanya's country and basically he wants to protect his family. Fair, I'd say. And at this point, before departing, her, his daughter gifts him this submachine gun. I think it's a, be a Beretta M38, if I'm not mistaken. The thing is, the the small arms in this, I, I cannot check for ordnance or vehicles. My, but the, the small arms are, I think, period appropriate at this point. In the film, Tanya gets a Mauser. Let me just say that the the uh, C96 Mauser, which is pretty nice to see. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, the first time he, this guy actually sees Tanya is in one of the previous battles that she basically um, destroys his whole unit, but he he gets impeded from fighting because the one of the, his fellow mages hold him back and after sending her, his daughter away he is drafted again to fight in one of the to protect one of the posts in the, inside the country and this is when the Tanya also attacks the same base that he's stationed in 
and basically wipes out the base. And so this guy is at this and he survives the attack, but he's really bad down in the dumps at this point because his his country is in shambles. His family, at the very least, is in a more secure place at this point. But even then, he goes into the Joker arc at this point, and at the end of the season, there is this whole fight, uh, him against Tanya where he uses uh, a trench gun, which for some reason it, it is banned also in this world, but I think that the timeline doesn't cross, but anyways, it's another world, whatever. The thing is, the guy Joker enters the Joker arc, really just wants her dead, and but her she bests him in combat, and this is when we, in the middle of the fight, this is when we find out that actually uh, by the by the influence of Sun's IX not only Tanya has this superpower of praying and getting a buff over the normal things she can do but also other people can pray to God to get more power and so this guy really just start zooming around the battlefield really faster than anyone else his shot is more powerful and this whole thing it ends up with uh, Tanya defeating him but in this let's say after he's dead um, and this is something that happens uh, more than once in the the season uh, Sansai X basically enters the body and uses uh, self-destruct sequence in the, the equipment just to mess up with Tanya at this point. It, it is not something really lethal because she can defend against it, but even then. And basically the, the end of the season, uh, the, the season ends with them surviving the attack, uh, basically uh, earning, uh, winning the Eastern Front, but there is this, let's say this rogue part of the army that reallocates into the southern continent that basically is the equivalent to Africa and installing a rogue state just to fight the the country Tanya fights for and this is the basically the plot of the movie uh, I'll just say that at this point the, the plot of the movie is basically that and we also get to see the insert that the the door from the guy the Anso Sus Marisu at this point, the, the daughter, she enlists herself as a volunteer for the, um, the equivalent for the American army. She ends up entering a international volunteer uh, force, but uh, we don't get, we just get to see her in the movie. And from the, this, but from the, her first appearance as she's in, uh, she's enlisting herself in the army at the end of the season we get to see that she also has the the pray for god to get more power hacks the movie basically just to go briefly about the movie the movie we get to see the the really quickly this first battle where where they enter the desert in, in the sovereign continent just Tanya and her her unit her boys uh, go there, wipe the guys out, and be done with it, return to home. And when she 
actually thinks that she will get like a, a vacation for once. Uh, they go straight for the airport uh, from one plane to the other, coming back from the desert, going straight to the mountains of, let's say, Russia to fight in the cold. Just going, just to be quick, right? So they go to Russia to basically intercept and destroy a pos possible weapon that they will be using against the front line in the western front at this point and they find a rail i don't i don't know how you call it a railway artillery cannon basic Gustav basically and they destroy it and also they take the time off to go to the capital and re um, humiliate the enemy destroying every one of the political icons because in this world russia's is communist at this point so that basically it's not really russia it's the um, soviet union but and they the, the movie does not hold back and i think the, the anime will, won't either they don't hold back slandering co communists at this point even to the point that one of them just starts basically they give the guy gives a report and the the guys in the board doesn't don't like it and he's basically taken out of the room to you know the gulag and we find out also that russia for whatever reason they don't actually have mages in the army for one reason or another they, they don't actually get to explain it but basically they don't have mages for a political region and for some odd reason the volunteer international army that uh, Marisu, uh, the daughter from the uh, Anzusu that Tanya kills in the, the first season, she is deployed to Russia at this point and they end the fighting and is the main fight of the movie. Uh, Mari really shows off a really strong magical response the, her powers are really nuts and, and this is amplified actually because at the end of the first season Tanya takes the the some machine gun that Mari uh, gifted her father as a souvenir and uses it for the rest of the anime so and this really just activates her her hatred for her and so they fight, and but ends up that someone rescues Mary before Tanya can finish her off. And we get the prompt for the second season, when Tanya basically earns like two months off to do research into the actual resources of the army, and then she gets a new a new unit, a whole. I don't actually know a whole division, a whole basically a whole side of the army for herself to invade other countries. And this is the prompt for the second season. And so I'm waiting for the second season right now. Now talking about what um, the the Isekai Jenner because this is the the important part, right? Um, so as I said at the beginning, uh, the Isekai Jenner is something that at this point is so common. Oh my god. And actually, already talked about the review for for the next episode. The when you enter, for example, my animalist, they put 
isekai and what I like to call video game fantasy in the same bucket as isekai. Um, something like, uh, let's say, Dangmachi, Redo the Healer, and I don't actually know many other examples right now that have become well-known anime, but the thing is, right, so they, they are different, they are to me different genres inside the isekai genre, so I will make this this division, this, I will differentiate them both in the next week when I talk about the machi, the machi, not spoiling the next episode, but anyways, I, I'm already saying what anime I'll be talking about. Just to say, isekai and video game fantasy are two different things, two different genres, and this is a, this is a hero of Dion. The thing is, so talking about isekai, isekai is this thing where, just to recapitulate, this is the thing where the guy basically dies, gets reincarnated for some reason in another world, gets some really out of this world hex to, towards the second world, so the, um, generally they are spawned into fantasy worlds, um, worlds with magic and whatever, and they gain uh, powers over the, the magical powers they generally have in the this world they're spawned in. And for the most part, some most of the time they have a different objective in, in doing so. Like, when they reincarnate, they basically, they don't actually gain an objective, but um, most of them want to go back to the real, to the, to our world. Some of them went to, for the case of both, for example, Rezero and Mushoku Tensei, they want to leave the mold. I, I think maybe Rezero is wrong, but anyways, they want to leave the best of the the life they can live in this other world because they despise her, their first lives. For Tanya, in this case, is a really unique take on it because the life the the objective is basically to die the way she wants to <laughs> let's say and this is really different in a way because the, the the conflict of the anime is not really tanya against the world it's tanya against the world but against an entity that has power over the world so you can say that all her, all the obstacles she has eventually come out to be uh, Sansa X, uh, being X, but not always, or I, f I hope they don't actually reveal that one of the generals is secretly being X, uh, inserted into it, I really hope they do not say that, that it does not come out like that, I didn't read the light novel or the manga, so I don't actually know, but here's hoping. And now to finish it off, just a film more um, explanations and things about the anime itself so first off the although i've talked about how cynical and cruel the main character is tanya is um the first season sees at the end that tanya actually learns that emotion actually moves people and one of the let's say the one of the twists at the end of the story is that she eventually comes up, she finds out by herself that the, the last 
country they invaded, uh, the equivalent to France, they actually moved their army in order to continue fighting out of spite for her country, out of uh, basically patriotism. And when she she finds this out, she comes up with it. She goes against everyone else and says, uh, we didn't win yet when they actually thought they won the war. And she is basically shut down. Her, her idea of invading as a last ditch effort to quell the remnants of the enemy army gets shot down and then we see later in the episode that she was actually right and there and now is the there is this whole insurgent army more or less this rogue state against the her country which is the guys who got installed in the in the desert and which prompted the movie and we see their defeat at the beginning of the movie. That being said, um, we see that although the the story is not conventional in many ways, there is this journey of the hero, let's say, this uh, change inside of uh, Tanya as the time passes. In the movie itself, we see that she, although she did not bring up emotions, uh, emotions, in between battles, um, inside of battles, she didn't actually have anything against her enemies. She eventually gets emotional against the Marisu, who is the daughter of Enzusu, which is the guy she killed in the end of the season. That being said, um, she's is still pretty cruel, all things considered, and. As they say, um, high and low points. We have their, we have high and low points, and we have the average. The average of Tanya is being pretty cruel and cynical. So whatever. That being said, um, just one more thing I want to say: shout outs and kudos, whatever, to the music score in the anime. Made the opening made by Myth and Royd, which is Jingle Jungle. It's a really, really nice song, really well done. I, I, I actually love Myth and Royd, but that's just me. So, yeah, that's basically it. So, if you like what I do, if you like the show, thank you for listening. If you like the, um, the whole show, the whole podcast, please like, please follow, please subscribe, depending on the platform you're in. And I hope you stick around and see you next time. Bye.